Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here from Soonerscoop.com. If I can just get the band to shut up for a minute. We're back. Uh, by week this week, there's no media whatsoever, which kind of stinks uh, for all of us. But uh, no Brett, Brett Venables uh, press conference, no coaches shows. Uh, so we're left to just kind of watch people paint fences, apparently. I mean, you say it sucks. It, it sucks. No, it's been it, glorious. It's, it's been awesome. <laughs> it's, 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 the the stuff, it's, worked, worked, it's the eye of the beholder. Stuff, man. It's the eye of the beholder type stuff. It, it's not too bad. It's not. It, it's a good reset for everybody. Josh and I have been really busy with with just crap uh, that we're having to work work on right now. Uh, I I'm not caught up on House of Dragons, which I'm kind of out on with all the incest. Uh, it was fine when they were good looking people. So are you coming incest. out as anti incest? Uh, anti-incest <laughs> with, uh, between people who are not good-looking. That's right. I could get with that. Like I understand that. Like when it was Jamie and Cersei, good-looking people, incest, you get a pass. Well, I I will but have these to make these two. This this aunt or this niece and the and the uncle. No, I'm out. Either I'll, one of them are good. I would have now. to make the admission that I have never seen. I don't have a clue what, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I've never <laughs> seen any of it. I understand that I am. In the minority on that. So anyway, Eddie no. would absolutely sleep with Jamie. There's no question. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Well, I don't think I probably <laughs> would. I, that that seems well, like the hand quite loss. the accusation. After the hand loss, he's pretty much worth. He can only do so much. In the I don't know. Could I get something out of it? Maybe. Uh. Anyway. Uh. Well, the, the I was just trying to say. Here's how. Just just low. By I kind of took the day yesterday because we've been doing a bunch of crap. I was just like, I need a day just to myself. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Not bad. It's not a terrible not movie. Bad. It's not a terrible nope. movie. Although I missed the end because then I had to, I got a business call, so I didn't get to see it. Maybe we I don't do know need football. Maybe we do. Like, <laughs> th- this is the one sign. Like, okay, maybe this is the point of uh, no return. But I would say that everything does feel a lot better today than it maybe it did two oh, weeks God. ago. Yeah, we needed last week, and everybody needed last week. It was, uh, I guess, therapeutic in a way. And really, I mean, Josh and Bob haven't really been able to talk about it yet on a pod, so uh, we'll we'll throw the floor to you guys and just get your thoughts on on what you saw over the weekend. It just it felt like this is the way it's going to be. You're going to win games. It's going to be back to. 2018, basically. You're going to have to... Familiar territory. Yep, like, hey, like, well, as long as Dylan it, Gabriel's in the game. Yes, and OU fans, they've gone through this many a times. It's like, all right, we're back to this spot once again. But 
I mean, you can put up 700 yards, put up 52 points. Kansas defense isn't the best, but it's by far not the worst either. So you know that, I mean, this is what Jeff Levy and Gabriel can do together. It's what you thought you were getting from the jump. But if this is what can happen rest of the way, not to the same extent, but you know that the offense will at least keep you in the games and whether or not the defense can make the strides during the last five weeks. Yeah, you know, guys, you said it's like 2018. Well, without Gabriel, it's like 1998. So you'd much rather have the 2018. Uh, But yeah, you know, I I thought there were a lot of positives. And surprisingly enough, even going back through the rewatch, defensively, you can say whatever you want to. There were were strides made in that game. They were better. I said this this after the game, and and I think it's probably on the – the interview that Eddie put up with Ted Roof, which nobody wants to watch. Um, but, like, the run fits were noticeably better. Like, that that Kansas team is a team, like, like even without, you know, their starting quarterback, you're like, okay, they do a lot of zone read. They, you know, they did a lot of misdirection. But a lot of stuff in the running game, and I thought that that would be a terrible matchup for this defense, and it wasn't because they, they, they had played better run fits. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys, we can talk about it. I was the one of the three of us in staff picks to go against Oklahoma on that deal. I I thought all that motion, all the pre-snap stuff, I was like, they're going to get OU so out of alignment, it's just going to – they're going to gash them all day. And I I thought they did a nice job. Um, I thought the linebackers probably collectively had their best game since Nebraska. Uh, Aguebu and Stutzman weren't – I don't think they were superstars, but I thought they had solid days. Um the the third and thirteen that everybody talks about on Kansas's first drive, Aguebu's in great coverage there. I don't care what you say, like that that's that's a Jason Bean made a hell of a throw. Sometimes like you just got to say, hey man, nice play. Like no, no, nothing you can do about that. I don't care who you are, what all American linebackers covering it. They're probably not making that play. So, I, I again, I came away and I keep hearing, you know, and I get it. OU's on ESPN two at eleven a.m. You know, against Michigan and Penn State, and like I, I understand that. Very few people actually watch that game, but you hear Nash people like they gave up 42 again. You know, I'm like, I, I get what That's you're just saying, JoJo. but it was, yeah, but it, it was different. It was, I mean, there's still miles to go, but it was better because it was at least for the most part pretty fundamentally sound. I, you know, it seems like this game was forever ago, um, but Josh, I said this afterwards, like. The thing that you see about the and Eddie and I talked about this on the post game. The thing that you see about this defense is like it's in their heads, man. Like when they had a turnover on offense and the defense came back on the field, they looked dreadful. Uh, the second half, you know, that's when it kind of started falling apart and big chunk plays started happening. Uh, but it's just like they get down on themselves, man. Or, or when something negative happens, no confidence. They have they have mm-hmm. no like you know st- you just, there's there's not one that defense collectively can't ever get pissed off. They're just collectively disappointed or to collectively playing good, but they're never collectively pissed off. Well, and, and guys, I thought it was interesting. Did you hear like Nick Saban and Will Anderson's comments following the Tennessee game where they were talking about like the, almost like they were intimidated by the situation and the yeah. setting. And they're like, we weren't real fired up. We couldn't get our intensity up like that kind of thing. I'm like, a Nick Saban team is mentally fragile. Like, I mean, like, wow. Like, so it can happen to anybody. But, I mean, that that's what it looks like to me with this team. Like, they'll play well for stretches, and the second it's the, it, it, they get off plan, it's not the 
schedule. You know, they, uh, Kansas makes a play they shouldn't make, or there's a turnover, or they score a touchdown. It's adversity. And then they, you know, quickly get the ball back. Yeah, anything that is not on schedule, that defense crumbles. Like that first Arnold touchdown catch. Yeah. I mean, they hit him. Yeah. They did everything correctly. But he still came down with it. You're like, oh, uh-oh. Guys, you were in the stadium. Could Broyles have made a play on that ball? I can't. The angle's hard to feel. I thought if he turned around and mm-hmm. saw the football, I, I mean, I. You're talking I'm about not, the one that popped up in the air? Yes. That he caught? The yeah. very yeah. first yeah. drive. No, no, no. I don't think he could have caught it on the pop up. I was wondering if when the ball is in flight, if he could have caught it. I thought instead of going after the defender, if he would have just flipped his head around. Mm-hmm. I mean,. I guess it's easy for me to sit here and say that that should have been an easy interception or at least a bat down. I mean, there is an element of he was in good position, I guess, but like make a play on the football. Like, I don't know. I I guess just based off what we've seen here over the last two weeks, you feel like somebody like a uh, CJ Colden at least turns his head around and makes some type of play on the football. I don't know. It's, it's easy to nitpick that overall. It was, better and coming from where they're coming from uh the bar is so low that it's like okay like i can work with this and it lo- doesn't look so bad i mean that's i, I think mean we're all saying that if you would yeah if yes. you would have said that OU in the beginning of august if you would have said yeah they're gonna win that game 52 42 and it's gonna be a comfortable win somewhat i think a lot of people would have said well shit what is happening down there but we're with where this thing is coming from it's a building block and, and you had brent say it after the game, like the defense, we're not able to do everything we need to do, but you know, at least we're getting better. So it's almost like he's accepting the fact that he's not going to turn this thing all around in one year with, with this system. So now I think he's, as the fans are changing their mindset, I think Brent is doing so too. And realizing it's going to take a little bit longer. And we know he talked about patience is not one of his best attributes anyway, but now he's going to have to have rest of the year and you did see a little bit more activity like from Reggie Grimes in the game um you know some other guys there there was a little bit of pressure I mean uh you know Deshaun White I think he had a sack in that game right or a yeah. or was it a Guaybu? okay yeah. I think oh Deshaun White batted down that yes. pass is what I'm thinking of yep. uh, and then he had the interception like uh very next play and then like CJ Colden it's like two games in a row he's had interceptions uh and that topped with DJ Graham's move to offense which none of us understand uh, it's like you're, you're seeing some playmakers for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that like this, when this thing is where it's been, you just want guys that can a go out there and execute, be where they need to be. And then, you know, obviously B when they are in position, at least give some type of effort that makes you think, okay, this thing isn't completely effed. Like th- these guys, I've got a, I've got a, I got a thing I can mark on this. Okay. Well, I'm you know, <laughs> just trying to help you out. I know you're trying to help this me out. We're, like, a, we're on a little – I've got the pod room ripped apart. We're putting up lighting in the ceilings and stuff. and So we're doing this in the conference room with a little portable recorder, but it's got a little mark. We're good. Are we recording? Yes. Okay. Just like, <laughs> just like to see the, the red light that says REC on it? I, I can't confirm. I can't confirm. But you see, you mentioned that I think that's where DJ Graham has been failing on, on defense because he has been in position – and he just hasn't made a play the entire year. You thought the marriage of him and Jay Valai was going to work out great because they've known each other for years and years. For whatever reason, it just didn't click. Yeah. And is he and is he another one of those guys that just doesn't handle adversity? 
I mean, how many of those guys are on this defense? Well, I, th- a, I think it, it goes back to what we've talked about here over the last month, really. And it, I think that there are a lot of guys, and it, confidence plays a lot of it, uh, or at least plays a role in it. And I think that there's a bunch of guys that are, when you're so beaten down like they have been, uh, you know, and this isn't just this year. This is this is a long time coming that everybody just kind of, I don't even know if a, a, a manual reset will work with some of these guys. It, and I, I hate to just like flat out give up on people, but it kind of is what it is, is it not? Like we, we talked about this last week, how there are, you know, there's a constant within the bad defense on the on that side of the football in Oklahoma right now. And you can keep changing coaches. You can keep, you know, I guess somewhat making excuses. But at the end of the day, they have to get 11 guys out there that are going to execute and give themselves a chance to uh, at least get off the field a couple times a game. And you just hope the offense continues rolling like it did like that. I know that we all kind of said last week that nobody was really truly worried about the offense if Dylan Gabriel was out there. I mean, they put up 700 yards. They did things that Oklahoma hasn't done in almost a decade, just as far as. We're going back okay. 2018 again, basically. Yeah. Going back to yeah. Kyler. Yeah. I mean, it. I don't know what you just. There we go. Okay. I couldn't hear myself for a I'm second. I'm screwing with stuff. I couldn't hear myself, <laughs> and that really freaked me out for a second. But no, like, they run over 100 plays for the first time since 2014. Uh, they had a really good day offensively. And I think one of the underlying themes of just not only having Dylan Gabriel back, but we've seen this throughout the week. And I asked Eric Gray about it after the game. Even in the shutout down at the Cotton Bowl, it would appear, Josh, that they're starting to be able to really run the football. And Eric Gray's having one hell of a year. <laughs> Guys, I, you know, and I will, I will take the big old L because I was down on Eric Gray early in the season. But that dude, that, that's the best game he's had at Oklahoma. He was unbelievable. And I don't think there's any better indication than when he runs the one touchdown, it gets called back, and he immediately just goes back and scores again. You're just like, holy shit, man. Like this, this, I mean, and it's, it's not just him. That offensive line's really playing well. A- yeah. Anton Harrison is – going to a different level right now he, he's playing the you know easily the best football of his career uh snap in snap out I, I think um you almost wonder if some of those guys in the offensive line are like man we didn't want to have the week off right here they were really starting to hit a rhythm and I again Kansas small up front like they they were gonna they should have been able to run the ball that would have been very problematic if they couldn't but Again, we talk about it. Like, sometimes you have to dominate accordingly, and they did. They just hit Kansas in the mouth over and over and over again. And Kansas just, by the second half, just didn't have any answers. Oklahoma could have run for eight more quarters. Josh, like they, they I've, was, I haven't gone through a full re, uh, rewatch yet. When did Conjol start taking over? Because he played a lot more than McCade did. The first time I noticed him, I want to say, was early second quarter. So it didn't take long and I, I i've had some i need to go back and find the exact series but somebody told me it was like third series i want to say the, the first time that i really noticed it was uh they were driving towards the north end zone i want to say second possession mm-hmm. of the second quarter i want to say but and it seemed like you he did, did a pretty pretty good job <laughs> i, I want to say I you did. just did i did <laughs> i he did a pretty good job though he did. did he not Oh, I, I didn't have any problem at all with how he played. Um, I, I think 
he is more consistent snap in and snap out than Matau. Is it Matau or Matau? A- On the scoreboard before the game, they pronounce it McCade Matire. Matire. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I feel bad. Jim Miller's I've known McCade since high school, but I, I apparently don't know how to say his last name. Um, but he's just struggled with consistency all year. He'll have plays where you're like, okay, that, that looks right. And the next one, he just gets shoved around, and you're like, I don't know what's happened here. I don't know why he can't find that level game in and game out. Um, my question is, like, what? I mean, I hate to say it because, again, the offensive line is playing well, but Savion Bird, is he alive? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Because, I mean, all you heard in the fall was, man, this guy, like, he's going to be the next guy. Who and now the, he can't get run over Robert Congle. Who was the the extra lineman they brought in when they put Chris Murray in the backfield right before halftime? Congle was that Congle? Yeah. Okay. I want I want to say like the 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 final possession where they didn't score. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say it was Congle that came in. Okay. Jumbo package. Yeah. yeah. Which you know I, again like in a game in which you put up 700 yards, there are still moments where it's like I love that they went for it. I love the confidence there. You just got to be able to score there. Yeah, uh, you got to clean up the three turnovers. Like that's the type of stuff when you start talking. If you want to get into these close games, whether it be you know next week at Ames or you know back here with Baylor coming to town or Bedlam, any of these five games are, I could make the argument that yeah, oh you could run the table. I they could, but you could also talk to me talk me into thinking they could lose all five of them. Sure, I I mean. Nothing's fixed yet. I no, mean, nothing's, <laughs> nothing's fixed, but it was... Everything's a white knuckler right, huh? 100%. All, the way, all the way to the end. 100%. And that includes making a bowl game. I mean, that's still not a, a, yep. a certainty. I, I, I'll i just say this. Four and eight and nine and three are both on the table. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you hear what Gundy said yesterday? Called Lincoln Riley one of his good friends. A great football coach. Really? Yes. I miss that. That's good. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Little. I mean, he's been taking some shots this year because well, of because of Kale. Yeah. I mean, he's my best friend. I too. mean, Bedlam could end up being just like staff wars. That'd be fun. I wonder if Brent will take a shot back at some point. Probably depends how they're playing. Yeah, how they're playing. Like. <laughs> That's become the goal now. It's like win enough games so your head coach can take a shot back at Mike Gundy. Can you take? A, can you talk a little shit, please? Yes. Let your coach talk shit. That's the goal now for the rest of the season. It's like you know when when uh, in Major League when they had the the pinup thing when they yeah. took pieces off the woman. Like they need to come up with something to reveal like Mike Gundy's mouth or something. <laughs> The back of his neck. Or to neck. cover it. Like, every win, you get to cover another section of Mike, Mike just, Gundy's you, face. You just take off a strip off his back, and it's part of his hair, part of the uh, the mullet. <laughs> just cover him up with hair. And then there's a red Well, no, you start with end. him in that OSU singlet, and then you just keep covering Ooh, him up as the season goes on. That'd be good. There you go. That'd be good. It, 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 it was much needed, though. I mean, I think everybody knows that. Everybody feels that. Going into a bye week at three and four is, uh, you know, it's obviously much different, the spirit around this place. Uh, you know, rather than being three and four, you know, being four and three is obviously a a step in the right direction after what seemed like a month that just would never end. It would never end with bad news. Yeah. And it started with that MF or David Hicks that like started this trickle down effect. Well, really, it started Can't with the call high school game. kids MF or Eddie. You'll get in trouble on Twitter. Yeah. Come after me, please. I need that in my life. I, it's, it's, 
that's how boring it's become. <laughs> this week's been too, but, too tame. No, it's uh, it, it it feels good, and you just hope that they can continue to build off what that performance was. Uh, you know, I, you know, it it was just good to see Dylan. Like, where's that Dylan Gabriel been? He was great on Saturday. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm excited to see Dylan Gabriel be the quarterback for Oklahoma the next time out. Yeah. Like, it was so good, other than the three turnovers. Yeah. Um, one was not really his fault. Uh, from everybody on Twitter was telling me, as I was running a scoop account, like, that, well, no one really knew what the running back was, if it was Eric Gray or, or Devontae uh, Barnes, but uh, they th- they, everybody said that the running back knocked it out of his hand. I don't know. Was that true, Josh? That's what it looked like to me. It looked Barnes was going to sell the fake, and I don't know if it the timing like it was just the whole thing looked weird because it did look like Gabriel. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't that it didn't look like it. Gabriel was not going to sell a a play action RPO or anything. So I don't know what happened on that communication there, but now it you, looked like his right elbow just bumped it out of okay. Gabriel's hand. Now you could have been playing uh, yakety sacks on the option fumble. I mean, that was a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, that that whole thing. Now I did I I did go and look. Condro came in on the last drive of the first quarter, like with about 30 seconds left. He's in there at left guard. I just went in there and found it. So um, that was you know that that was the one thing. And he played a lot. I mean, yes. and I'll be he honest, had more snaps those, than McKay did. Yeah, with, with those jerseys, it was hard for me yes. to follow it. So it kind of the and good lord, guys, like be glad you were there. Those ESPN two, the ESPN two cameras, like OU needs to get back on the winning track just so I can watch the game again. Like that was awful production quality. What like, was what was wrong with just you? the cam, like the camera quality it, wasn't as good. Uh, like it wasn't crisp. Yeah. Like and, and people kept saying like, oh, it's the jerseys. No, it's not. Kansas looks crappy. Like it's not just. It wasn't just OU's colors and stuff. Like there. And I have heard other podcasts talk about this. Like. The, the cameras that follow Rod Gilmore around, apparently <laughs> ESPN is well aware that Rod Gilmore is not their A squad. That's somewhat so, perfect, um, though, isn't it? It, it? it does kind of fit because he is atrociously bad. Just just awful. That just shows you how much ESPN broadcasts that they, they, they still can't afford to have, like, great cameras at every venue. Of course, a lot of stuff, they lease that out. So it's, it's more on the production company that they're leasing sure. out man those guys climb up in those on those light stands to put those sky cams up there for that crappy it's like a quality. wet dream for brian kelly <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you, you think he's like when he goes on road games he finds out when what day of the week they're gonna hang the lights so he can go watch your, and see if somebody falls lift. show me your scissor list sir so Eddie, do I even have to guess who you've got in the Lane Kiffin, Brian Kelly derby this uh, weekend? I actually have Brian Kelly. I think LSU is going to win that game. Wow. Okay. I mean, okay. I I, I, I don't know. Right, I, I think but... that there's a little bit of part of me that's like, okay, I want to start seeing some of these teams that are at the top take a little bit of a spill. I don't think that I want like TCU and you know TCU, Old Miss, 
whoever in the national championship. Now the, the, the sentiment has maybe changed on Tennessee just because of how fun that is for Josh. But don't you find that interesting though? Like TCU, like no one is willing to give them credit for like, if, unless you're Oklahoma or yeah. Texas in the big 12 voters don't rank you high. They make you really, really earn it and go through the entire season undefeated. I think the most interesting thing about this TCU run that they've been on to get to 6-0 and and beat Oklahoma State a week ago is you look at the four weeks that they've had, every game has been a massive game. Like, And eventually, yeah. you're going to run into a wall. I kind of like Kansas State this weekend going down to Fort Worth, but we'll see how all that operates. And then, you know, obviously – all the teams that are at the top of the Big 12, they're all going to be playing each other, Oklahoma State and Texas, and then mm-hmm. Kansas State's playing OSU next weekend. So it it's going to be kind of fun. Again, you know, OU's obviously not in that conversation, but, uh, you know. But that's part of the reason why you almost think OU can run the table. Maybe they played the three best teams to start conference season. It, very possible. It, very possible. I don't know what I, to make of Oklahoma State right now. Like, I thought that they were pretty good. They kind of choked one away over the weekend, and then – Without Spencer Sanders, they're kind of in the spot that Oklahoma was in. I don't like. I don't. I, I think Gunnar Gundy at least would probably be a little bit better than Davis Bevel. But at the same time, like I don't think that they can go win a football game without their starting quarterback. Yeah, I was just glad that we weren't going through what OSU beat riders were going through Jeez, last week. Saturday morning, that was awful. Yeah. I mean, I I was hitting up Scott Wright for the Oklahoman, like, hey. You hearing any of this? Because I'm hearing some of this, and he was like, "Yeah, there's there's weirdness all around." It's never good when you hear from somebody that doesn't cover the team. Like, hey, uh, people know. are talking that I felt bad. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I know I don't cover your beat, and I'm not trying to cover it for you, but I'm trying to cover it for you, guys. I mean, the thing that I think people kind of forget: the vast majority of Oklahoma State's games, they've been outgained. Baylor outgained them. Tech outgained them. Their secondary's uh, not good. In week one, Central Michigan outgained Oklahoma State. Like, I, I fraudulent is strong, but, man, I feel like there's a lot of, oh, that defense was great last year, and they didn't change any of the nomenclature. That's not the same defense as last year, man. It's just not. Like, it's not even close. Well, they, I mean, and we talked about this at the time, but that OSU defense last year had so many guys that had played in that system for so long. Like, the Malcolm Rodriguez, obviously, was Look at them. unbelievable. They're old. They are old. They were all old. Uh, and they're still old. Like, it, it makes me feel very old that, like, Brendan Evers, somebody that we covered in high school, him and Brock Martin are six-year seniors up there. Uh, it just, I don't know. It, it's, you know, the Central Michigan thing, I almost give them a free pass because a lot of those yards were in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, they were up by 30 in the game, didn't cover. I still remember that. And I will be talking to people <laughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, when I get to Stillwater on Saturday about that. But it, <laughs> it, it's, I don't know. It, they're, I think they're still pretty good. I think they're still very good when you can get a healthy Spencer Sanders. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what they do against Texas this weekend. And then obviously Kansas State and Kansas coming up for them over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I, 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 going back to OSU, like, if OU can get their shit together, like, OSU's best unit is probably their defensive line. OU's offensive line is getting pretty good. OSU's mm. secondary is bad. Man, this thing has changed OU in a week. OU has <laughs> really good receivers. Now we're talking ourselves into thinking uh, that they can be on the same field as some of these teams. 
Do you guys think OU could backdoor into the Big 12 championship game? Oh, I, I mean, no, no, we're not going that. Let's, let's, oh, we're let's, not going that direction. Let's wait a couple <laughs> weeks before we get to that conversation. But I do have friends <laughs> that, that have, have sent out scenarios. They have sent out scenarios, <laughs> and it's like you get to item 13B, and it's like okay, you need am, one team I'm to sick. just run the table, and then you need chaos. Yeah, but you, you need, need one team to just be so good. And you after TCU loses their fourth game in a row, <laughs> right, right. You start working through like, okay, now now you need this third team to lose three more times. And it's like, okay, well. And even though Kansas State is in six, we need them to be in ten. And then you <laughs> right. need a Dave Aranda last-second field goal like last year because of the point Oh, yeah, differential. the point differential. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's when we should have known that shit was going to hit the fan when there is a mass chaos in the middle of, uh, not Floyd Case, but uh, uh, McLean Stadium. Like that was that was a, the beginning of the end for everything. I'm just going for state championship this year. That's all I, you know. <laughs> state state, state <laughs> champions. God bless it. We'll, we'll make shirts. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Actually, we should make shirts that are orange and make a new website and sell them on that. <laughs> we can do that too. <laughs> we got distribution handled. Yeah, we got we got it we got it completely handled. So, anyway, yeah, I mean, week off, Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State, they are the poster child for a team that just can't get over the hump. Like, yeah. they're not terrible. They beat Iowa, and then they can't beat anybody else. And everything's been close, though. I mean, and, and they're kind of like TCU in reverse. Like, they played a tough schedule. Uh, they played very good, you know, for the most part, but just can't get over the hump. Like, I don't know, Josh, did you sit around and watch college football final? Like, who else, like, sits and watches that over and over and over, at, like I do when can't I wake say up that on I, Sunday? Can't say that I do. Because of JoJo. I, I watch it. I usually watch it Sunday morning. Yeah, like, that's what I I'm do. while I'm kind of working on stuff. Yeah, I've got it usually on. Just catching what I can. I thought it was funny well, because, you know, they – so they show the – Decker, I think, is the quarterback for Iowa State. They show his fumble mm -hmm. uh, and how, you know, it, it, they're ripping it out and his knee's going down, uh, and they're like – well, see, he fumbled on the replay. And then they're showing the Stanford play where the quarterback fumbles and he's going down and they're ripping the ball out. And it looked like the exact same play. But they're like, see, his knee's down right there. Like, I, I, Matt Campbell, I guess, lost his mind because he thought it was targeting. Though. He did. I yeah. did go yes. back after the postgame okay. pod and watched it. It was he, enormous. There were some language used that I'm guessing he's not using with his uh, seventh grade softball team during the summers. <laughs> Which I still think is one of the awesome, most awesome things out there that Did Matt Campbell coaches an AAU travel or not AAU but U-Triple-S-A travel softball team. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean it's it's I would say you know just Big Twelve wise, something we need to talk about is uh, some of the comments Brett Yormark has had uh, down at Big Twelve basketball media sure. days or up. Yeah, like, and I I don't know what your guys' read on this, and Josh, I think you've posted a couple things on the uh, message boards that would make me think that we think alike, in that he can say anything that he wants right now, but I go back to a quote that he said at Big 12 Media Day, and I think uh, Anwar Richardson from Orange Bloods was the one that asked it, and it's kind of gotten a little bit of recirculation here over the last couple of days since uh, Brent Yormark's, uh, or Brett Yormark's uh, comments up in Kansas City is that they're going to do what's best for the Big 12, obviously. And at some point, if they continue driving this this boat that makes you think that they want to go back to the table with ESPN and try to get something worked out, or whoever is going to win those 
television rights for the new contract, I don't. I just don't see any way that they can get to a point where they're going to sign a new contract with Oklahoma and Texas in mind of not allowing them to get out early. I still think that 2024 is the year. I, I do too. And to me, honestly, and again, I, I get Brett Yormark's answering questions he was asked, and I, I understand all that. But to me, the more you say things like this, the more I think like you, you know something's got to give here. Like he's he's I, I there was a point when I thought maybe they could still do it next year. But it, I, I think it's going to be 2024, and I think this is all just posturing. You know, the whole thing, what was it? Was it Dennis Dodd that broke the story about there was some sort of scheduling thing? I can't remember what the, what, Fox? the particulars of it. Fox the thing was blocking about Fox, them. yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. That's what it was. And I was like, this is all negotiation because Fox is out of that. You know, like the, there's, they're mad at OU in Texas. Like, it's all negotiation. Yeah, it's posturing and all of that. Now, I will say that, like, I, and we kind of talked about this this morning. I think it's one of those things that we just got to plan that OU and Texas, you better get ready. You're going to get the brunt end of the scheduling as far as you know that, you know, out of the, out of the, <laughs> you're going four to Provo <laughs> places, you're going to Provo, Orlando, Cincinnati, or Houston. You just, like, those are going to be two trips that we make next year. Oh, they're doing Provo and Morgantown back to back weeks. Right. Well, yeah, no, like no. That. They'll, that's, they'll, that's, they'll that's on a, on a Thursday what and a Saturday do, or something. What they'll do is like the week before OU Texas, Texas, you're going to West Virginia. OU, you're going to Provo. Then you're playing each other. The week after that, the other one's going to West Virginia and the other one's going to Pro. They're, they're going to wear <laughs> the, those teams out. So it's just. Uh, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. You kind of know, like, going in. Like, I don't think that anybody should be surprised when they announced the uh, conference schedule coming up in December, I believe, is when they said that they would announce the 2023 schedule that you're going to be making some road trips next year and people aren't going to be happy about it. You know how else you get ready for the SEC? Uh, you eat shrimp. That's right. PrimeShrimp.com. Premium, tr- premium shrimp gourmet ingredients. Uh, you cook it right in a bag. It's unbelievable convenience. There's no mess, no fuss. Uh, less than 10 minutes, and you've got a gourmet meal right at home. That You can check all their different signatures on their website, P-R-I-M-E, shrimp.com. They've got their signature season, the French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, uh, Louisiana shrimp boil, lemon and cracked pepper, which is their newest, and also simply shrimp. And uh, it never ends. I mean, uh, they've got new stuff coming out all the time, so you want to keep your eyes out for it. Uh, but Josh and I both had this. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest shrimp guy in the world, but I love the French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter. Uh, reordered them again. So 100% satisfaction guaranteed. It's peeled and packed in the U.S., uh, and it uh, cooks perfectly in any kitchen. You just go right from your freezer uh, to the plate after putting it in boiling water. So go check them out, primeshrimp.com, one of our great sponsors. Uh, here on the unofficial 40 and use that promo code sooner scoop you'll get $20 off your first order that's promo code sooner scoop to get $20 off your first order of primeshrimp.com guys uh, the the thing that comes up a lot i think it's i don't know if it, it might just be great like summer message board fodder is it better for OU to wait until 2025 like really like have you know three recruiting classes on campus like you really have started you know your first that first full class, you know, the 23 class that we're talking about and covering now, they'll be going to their junior seasons, like that that kind of stuff. Like, do you think that's meaningful, or is that something a guy like me that gets caught up in recruiting, like, do I focus on that too much? 
I mean, to me, I think <laughs> the way this team is playing, like, wait as long as you possibly take can. Take all the time you need. Yeah. <laughs> that, Which I mean, didn't, that's my, didn't like, feel like that would be the case going into the year. But now that you yeah. know what OU in 2022 looks like, yeah, you're not in a rush to see see them get there, even by maybe 2024. Is it is it crazy? And I guess my opinion on this would probably change in a year's time or two years' time. But is it crazy that, like, right now, like, playing everybody within the conference, I mean, the Big 12's good. I, I, the Big 12 is a good conference this year. There isn't a team that you just go, that's a win. I mean, mm-hmm. for some people, it might and be Oklahoma the way that they've been playing. And, and it's ridiculous, like, you know, that you're talking about two Big Ten teams in, in the college football playoff. And all that's early, but it's not like Michigan's having to beat teams like the Big 12 has to beat every week. Yeah. You know, guys, part of me thinks, like, part of that is true. But, you know, they're saying the same thing in the Pac-12. And part of me wonders if it's part of it is an absence of many great teams. That's what I was going to say. Like, yep. there's – Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know that there's that team that – because there's never that reality check. Like, oh, TCU's coming along. Okay, they're playing 2017 Oklahoma, who's going to beat them by four touchdowns. Like, there's never that – like that, okay, great, you're doing it, but there's that ceiling that you're not going to reach. And I thought there's three great teams, and then Michigan and Clemson are kind of another tier down, and then I feel like six through 30 is just a car wash of, of teams. The, the most interesting team out there right now, at least for me, and they have a big game coming up this weekend, is UCLA. Like, if they're able to get through the trip to Autzen this weekend, their schedule, it, it just flat out sucks. I mean, they have Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, and then Cal. I mean, could we be looking in, you know, a little over a month and a half's time that all of a sudden, UCLA is starting to make a push to get into the You're the, looking uh, at Lincoln Riley derailing the playoff hopes for not, the Bruins. I'm, I'm not ready for that, believe me. It just, like, and because you would imagine that, you know, d- depending on how things uh, pan out, you're going to get two SEC teams. Uh, and I think, you know, two of those three are, I don't think anybody's going to beat Alabama, even with the problems that they have in the SEC West. I'm not taking Old Miss quite seriously right now. Yeah, so that then you t- have Tennessee, Georgia, Georgia dynamics going to be weird. Right. Like, and that's in uh, two weeks, I believe, yep. in Athens. Uh, and then, you know, y- one of the Big Ten schools is going to be Ohio State or Michigan. Clemson just keeps humming along. We'll see what they do against an undefeated Syracuse. I think they're going to absolutely murder them this weekend. And then you look back out at the Pac-12, and, you know, I, I think Kansas State has a little bit of an argument. Obviously, TCU, if they were to run the table – would have a very good argument if they can go undefeated. And, you know, it, it, and then a one-loss Oklahoma State, if they can continue to uh, – or if they can bounce back and get back into this. Maybe, you know, I, I'm not there with the two-loss Texas. No. Uh, it, Sorry. It is, Sorry, guys. There's a lot of football to be played. You know, obviously, we get to this point of the year every year and we start figuring out, okay, who's going to make this push? Who's going to be in the college football playoff? And then we look up in, you know, three weeks' time and all those schools that we talked out. about. Yep. Yeah, it always works itself out. Hey, real quick, if uh, you want to get some premium socks uh, for the old wardrobe, uh, I want to tell you guys about DeadSoxy.com. So many Sooner Scoopers know about DeadSoxy. If you haven't heard it, you haven't tried it, uh, you got to do it. Use a promo code SCOOP. You'll get 25% off your entire order. Uh, But DeadSoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. They've been featured in uh, Men's Health, in Forbes, Men's Journal, GQ, uh, Esquire. Uh, Everybody loves these socks. And everybody we know that has tried them, 
loves them as well. They got a true state technology. Uh, it's a patented game changing uh, technology that keeps their socks in place. Detailed craftsmanship, flat seams. They're buttery soft. I mean, uh, you don't even remember that you've got the no shows or the boardrooms on your feet. Uh, just light as air. Uh, fabric quality and lots of different types. If you uh, need some for work, you got the boardroom. Uh, you want something for game day, go check out the team colorways. Uh, and if you're out on the golf course uh, or just uh, going around town and uh, you don't want anything to show, get the no-shows. Uh, fantastic socks. Uh, the weather is getting colder, so uh, get those no-shows while you can. Uh, but deadsoxy.com, another great sponsor of the podcast. Uh, go check them out. Use that promo code SCOOP and you get 25% off your entire order. Uh, and as always, stay soxy. So, uh, I mean, look, this is a bye week. Coaches are out on the recruiting trail. I mean, if you want to know, like, what's really this week about, it's about those guys. We always say this, Josh, all the time. Like, you have a bye week, gives you a chance to get farther away from home. Uh, do you get the sense, like, that there's more trips to Florida going on this week? Uh, you know, coaches getting out of state. I know, you know, we're going to be down there for, you know, Denton Geyer and big Jackson game. Arnold. Big game. Uh, I'm sure uh, several of the coaches will be down there as well, but kind of what's the lay of the land and and, and what's going to get accomplished this week being a bye week, Josh? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You're going to see guys, you know, getting – like I, I would guess you're going to see Bill Biedenboe pro- – you might so be, see Bill, ugh, Bill Biedenboe hit a Friday night game and then go up to New Jersey and see Logan Howland on Saturday. Like I think you're going to see some stuff like that, like you said, where you can get a little farther reach. Uh, yes, I fully expect Eddie and I to have company uh, at Geyer and Allen on Thursday night. Um, you know, e- Eddie might have some insight onto that. I'll, I'll let him offer that if he wants to. But there is um, th- there's going to be a presence there. Obviously, you know, for those uh, not aware, Geyer is the home of Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, uh, Ryan Yates, who this week came out and announced he is done with recruiting. We've heard this from Ryan Yates before. We'll we'll see what comes of it. I, I joked with him like, hey, man, are we really done here? And he kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, but Ryan has said that stuff before. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I, you know, I'll take him at his word for now, but it won't shock me if OU and he are back in play at a later date. So, uh, and then, of course, Allen has Oklahoma's 2024 quarterback offer, Michael Hawkins, uh, along with 25 uh, uh, tight end, uh, is it at? Allen. God, I'm going blank on his first name. Devon, is that right? Devon Mitchell. How yeah. am I going? Uh-huh. So- yep. But what is that? That's uh, me doing other <laughs> things while you're talking Josh. recruiting. Uh, <laughs> no. th- th- you know what? This is Devon Mitchell. Why did I have Allen? I had Allen. Because he's from Allen. He plays at Allen. Yep, that's where I went wrong. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, and of course, uh, Zeno's Umi Azulu as well, uh, the defensive end that OU has offered from Allen. So, I mean, you're seeing six guys at least and at these two programs there's young guys always coming along so six guys right now that have Oklahoma offers will be on the field so yeah I mean I'd be surprised if you didn't see Jeff Levy uh with the Peyton Bowen sweepstakes Brandon Hall seems like a good bet yeah so I mean there are there is going to absolutely be some presence at there and then again I haven't nailed it all down because I think in a lot of these cases coaches are working out okay when can I get out when do we when are we done? You know, what what games can I hit? Josh, I want to backtrack. I, 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 since it's, it's, it's almost a week old, but the Jackson-Arnold-Notre Dame rumors that we know we squashed, but how important was it for OU to put 700 yards with Jackson-Arnold there and let him know this offense isn't going anywhere? 
I think it was huge. I mean, because it's one of those things that, like, we all know it intellectually that what happened against Texas was an aberration. It was something that we said all season long. This is the one thing that can't happen to OU football, and it's exactly what happened to OU football on the biggest game of the year. It's just it, – it was shitty luck. I mean, and I, don't get me wrong. Texas wins that game anyway. I'm not trying to rewrite history or anything, but, like, they would have put up a fight offensively and they had none to offer uh, without Gabriel. So I think it like people can understand that, but then to see the difference and I know people say, well, it's Kansas, Kansas played okay against TCU, a team that absolutely lit Oklahoma up the week, you know, a couple weeks before. So it's not like Kansas isn't Kansas. Like there, it's not the same thing you're used to. So um, I, I think it was big for OU. And I will say talking to, Jackson a little bit, and then some people around him. I'm not going to say that there's just no chance he would ever go anywhere else. I've never had the impression that Notre Dame would be that place. If it's not Oklahoma, I don't think it's Notre Dame. So we'll see what happens from there. But I, I just, I, I don't like, I don't know if it's Notre Dame people like, oh no, Peyton Bowen's going to reverse field on him and he's going to bring him. Like, that's not going to happen. I, I, I just don't, because. Guys, you want to talk about, oh, you looked bad against Texas? That's what Notre Dame looks like every week offensively. They just got beat by Stanford at home. Like, who? Stanford, who can't beat any? The Marcus Freeman experiment might just be that. It might be an experiment. And, God, how does know, it go Tommy so Reed, Tommy wrong? Tommy Reese isn't in trouble up there. I mean, Al the Golden's entire in staff stayed with him. Like, how yeah. does it get that bad? I well, mean, I, I, I think we've kind of seen that firsthand, haven't we? I And I don't know, like, the particulars about Notre Dame's situation. But it does seem like it is a drastic change. And I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Pete Sampson and those guys are probably saying the same thing about Oklahoma. Like, what the hell is happening sure. in Norman? I, the, they, the, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I mean, they've lost to two teams that don't have another FBS win. Right. Stanford and Marshall. That's unbelievable. And, and we're on the ropes with a Cal team. Uh, when we were up at Lincoln, Colorado that, to storm that the field. just got beat by Colorado. Like that's that would be lowest of lows. Uh, you know, in the in the month of uh, depression that was Oklahoma football, I think that there was a lot of people that just kind of expected decommits to happen. Josh and I know that we talked about this last week, just as far as how everybody in the 2023 recruiting class was handling things. Uh, you know, you obviously went down to Florida and talk to a couple of Oklahoma commits. I, I, the elephant in the room, obviously, is Colton Vasek and his trip down to Austin. Is it? I don't know. I, I, obviously, there's going to be worry there. Uh, there's probably reason for concern there uh, because of the obvious. But there is like an element that I kind of go, what the hell is the kid supposed to do? His entire family's going to the game. Is he just supposed to stay at home? That, that That's one of the interesting things. Now, I, I know a lot of people have sort of the, well, what about the the policy? Like, Colton Vosick is a really unique situation. Like, it, it's it's not like, I, I can't think of many like it. I mean, it, it's really, it, it would be, like, I don't know, like Dan Cody's kid goes to Norman High and commits to Texas. And, I mean, I don't think Dan would ever allow that. But, you know, like, <laughs> uh, if, if you wanted to go that route with it, he you know, and... Then, you know, but Dan Cody's obviously going to every game and that like it's it's a very it's a very particular situation. And I 
I'm not going to tell everybody out there like, oh, he's sticking. Don't worry. Like, man, it's – I think at best right now it's a coin flip. I don't think it worst. it's much worse than that, though, because the thing that everybody keeps getting crazy about, a lot of these people – that are saying like, oh, he's flipping to Texas. It's just a matter of time. Are the same people that thought, oh, you had no chance in the first place. Oh, it's Texas and Oregon. It's Texas and Oregon. And I'm not, I'm not shaming them because I listened to what they said and I gave OU almost no credit in that race. So that's on me too. I'll, I'll own it completely. But like to act like, okay, well now they've got the stuff. What? Where, where does that come from? Like, you know, it's the same people that aren't. Is I mean, clearly the Vosics keep it pretty tightly reined in between him and his dad and his mother and just his direct family there. Uh, but you know, I went back and I, as I was writing the stuff for woke today, there's, there's a whole bunch about Vosick in there for anybody at home that wants to go read it. Um, and it just like the things he said were so definitive. Like when I talked to him about, you know, Oh, everybody was kind of worried about that Alabama visit. He's like, I'm locked in with Oklahoma forever. And I, again, it's a high school kid. I get it. But I've heard half-assed answers before. That's not a half-assed answer. Like, that's not the same thing. And then a little later, he's talking about when he goes to OU in Texas, and he's like, I'm going to root for OU. Um, he goes, no doubt. I mean, that, that's that's my team. That's who I'm pulling for. I want him to win. And I was just like, man, that's like, I, I guess in real time, because when I did that interview, it was the night before the Kansas State game. So, like, so much has changed since then. And you have to acknowledge that reality, too. But at the same time, I think I had just kind of let it go in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, man, this kid, like, he's really definitive about this stuff. It's not gray area or like, oh, we'll see what happens. And there was none of that. So, I, again, if you made me bet, I bet he flips. I, I think that's a reasonable possibility. I really do. But the last thing I'll say is everybody also forgets pretty unanimously people agree he chose Oklahoma over Oregon. Texas was third. So I don't understand – how Texas jumps everything. Like, I don't understand exactly how that works when I think the two defensive guys he has the most respect and admiration for are Brent Vanables and Dan Lanning. Well, they're still at Oregon and Oklahoma. Like, I, I don't, I, again, we'll see. There's they, nothing certain. I don't think the flip is certain. I don't think he stays as certain. I, I'm not dead set on anything in this situation. And what makes this situation so unique, too, is the fact that he grows, he, you know, basically has grown up in the shadow of DKR. I mean, it, it, if this kid was somebody that was from Dallas. Yeah, even something this, like that. This Temple, is a much, much that, different yep, situation. It, mm -hmm. it, it just, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, if, if he is, you know, we'll, we'll put him in the kind of the middle of a, a non-committal camp, if you will. Uh, somebody on the flip side of that is somebody that you saw down in Florida and Derek LeBlanc that I, I don't know if there could have been a more positive, uh, you know, post-game interview that you've done this year, just as far as how locked in he is with Todd Bates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah. I mean, what I loved was the last question when I asked him, 
And he, I'm like, what do you think? And it's like he was looking at the camera giving a testimonial. Like It wasn't like he was talking to me anymore. He was like, oh, you fans, we're going to be fine. Like, we got Coach V. We got Bates. We're fine. Like, and it was – I was like – and I really liked OU fans getting to see that and hear it because that's what all these guys are saying. Like, they're – it's not like – when I talk to them, it's not, okay, they're saying the right thing. But when I'm hearing their words and the way they're saying them, it, it doesn't come off right. Like, it comes off like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm all set. Hang on, I got to pick up the call for Georgia here. Like, that. it's not like that. It, it's very – it's fine. We're going to be fine. They're very calm about everything that's going on. And, and we're even before the Kansas win, even after Texas, almost unanimously, they were, they were set. It, it, like they, like Anthony Evans, who could go to Georgia, who has a, t- could go to A&M, who is desperately in need of wide receivers in the 23 class. Like he acts like he's set, like there is nothing on his mind at all. So I, again, LeBlanc, LeBlanc was, like, I don't know, it felt like a breath of fresh air. And Lewis Carter as well. I mean, we'll get into that in a second. But I thought both those guys really had good, strong messages for OU fans as far as where their commitment was. You know, the night after you talk to LeBlanc, he ends up in uh, Norman visiting. And they they roll out all the all the recruits that are in town. And, you know, they're out there for the pregame and all that kind of stuff. And I saw somebody talking to Todd Bates. I was like, who the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, oh. that's Derek LeBlanc. <laughs> Massive massive human and eddie like you've you've watched a lot of those guys in that scenario you know like uh, uh, in their t-shirt and shorts and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff he's a unique body type like i keep trying to explain it to people like he is so long armed like it's and that and that's what you're like when i look if i if i isaiah thomas long armed would that be like that yeah but I like, I mean, but so much bigger. I mean, right. he's like Isaiah's size as a senior. Right. Like he, he's a very, I mean, and again, I, they're going to play different positions. I think Derek LeBron's going to end up a three technique, but, um, the, you know, people like with Grinch, it was all so well known, like, okay, there have to be the certain height and they have to have the certain speed. Like it was very kind of plug and play as far as who they were going to recruit and who they were going to identify. People have asked me, like, what are the patterns you see with Venables and his staff defensively? The only constant I have seen is length. Like, all the guys are long-armed, long-legged. Like, they, they it, A, they run well. B, they can keep, bo- you know, blockers away from their body. Like, you, I see a lot of length. And that's the thing that sticks out to me. Because even, you know, Lewis Carter, who's six foot, like, he's long-armed for a guy his size. He's just not overly tall as a kind of cheetah outside linebacker type of guy. Sticking with Carter. I mean, the, the first time you got to see him too, what, what were your thoughts and just what, what were your thoughts about Derek too? Just in terms of, I know people are going to get obsessed with rankings and where they've been at. You foresee any changes perhaps going down, going down the road. You know, with LeBlanc, it's tough because they were playing a wildly overmatched opponent. I know people would say, well, why would you go to that game? Well, it was the one weekend where I could work out where I saw two guys on a Thursday and Friday. It just In Florida, they, they most of the stadiums are at the high school, so they're not having to share these big complexes like you see in Oklahoma and Texas and some of these other places. So Thursday games are a little more rare in some of these areas. Um than they are, like I said, in Oklahoma, Texas, and the places I usually am at games. Um, so it's it just kind of the way it worked out. And I don't pretend to know 
Florida high school football so well, I could be like, oh, that's going to be a great game on Thursday. So it was a little tough to gauge him. Um, but I thought he was, I mean, like just watching him really through drills was where I, I got more out of what I saw him doing, just kind of warm-ups as they're going to get some stuff. He's He's got a ton of upside. At the same time, I can see why he's ranked where he is. Like it, it, I, I probably couldn't go any crazier than like top 225. Like just because I didn't see enough and in the game itself, like I, again, I know why, but like his motor wasn't running real hot. It's not like I could be like, oh my gosh, you know, he was playing trash, but he dominated. Like they, he didn't have to do much. So I I think he's okay where he's at. I certainly no reason to be like, oh, he's got a drop or anything like that. Uh, Lewis Carter, I think we've got him ranked around, about right because his ceiling is probably a little bit limited. Like he's not the biggest guy on the planet. Um, he's kind of he's not real scheme diverse. He he couldn't just go play Mike linebacker anywhere or anything like that. But dude, that guy is a. I mean that that's that's a Brent Venables guy. It's a football playing dude. Carry. You talk about football players. Lewis Carter's a football player. Like he, Eddie was the just quarterback. Uh, goes. We were just in the on the in here the other day, and Eddie just looked up and he and he goes, "Man, Lewis Carter's really good." Yeah, like <laughs> there, but there's just like certain plays that you sent back, Josh. That is, you have to have an instinct and a timing. Like the uh, one of the first clips of the game when he shoots the B gap, and you talk to him about this on uh, film or on you know we have it up on YouTube in the post game interview. There's little things that you go, that's not taught. That's just basic instinct and understanding of being able to go find the football. I think there are two things defensively in football that, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can you can get better at them. Sure. But the guys who are elite, they have them or they don't. And I think you can blitz. And there are certain guys that they just have a feel for it. Like, And I don't know how to explain it. Um I talked I talked going all the way back to the early like Brandon Shelby is one of the guys I always think of not a special player not an incredible athlete but good lord if they brought that guy off the corner he would find a way into the backfield he was very good at it. and there's Oboe same way like certain guys just they they have that knack for getting after and Eddie you remember watching Oboe when he was in high school yep. and we didn't know him that well and we we're like that kid's really good like and you just kind of you you saw it and Lewis is that same way. I'll like never, he just has a great feel. I'll never forget that was the uh, the Houston trip from hell where it just rained for like legitimately the entire week that we were down there. And I don't yeah. mean just rain. It was one of those Houston rains that it felt like from the moment I got in to Travis County, it poured. We. I think we had one day where we were supposed to see six practices and I think we saw like one and a half yeah. because there was so much damn rain. And it like, I was so excited. We were going to see all these guys and then it just rained out, rained out, rained out, rained out. And it, it was just crap. It should be mentioned that we weren't even down there. Like you said, we weren't down there to see Oboe. It was uh to Rodney Prevost, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. That was the kid that yep. we were going to see. Uh, Everyone and, wants to see. Yeah. And, and you know, ended up that just being kind of a awful situation and he's kind of a terrible person. I, I believe but, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it was you, – you, you do have to have a certain feel for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to give Brent the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be able to go find these types of guys. And those are the guys that, you know, I think here over the last couple of weeks and the last month, it's really come to the forefront that they need those types of guys within the program. 
Yeah, I, you know, and uh, not to belabor Obo, but like, I mean, he was like the fifth guy on that team. It was just not, a, he, he was such an afterthought and has clearly been the most productive guy of that whole crew. So sometimes that stuff just works out that way. But, but back to Lewis Carter, like, so they lose their starting quarterback, who's a good player, probably going to end up as like a, you know, a good group of five signee, you know, maybe like Florida Atlantic, UCF, something like that. Uh, well, UCF's no longer a group of five. I guess I should be, you know, not, don't want to upset, upset Brett Yormark there. Um, but there is, and so he goes out and they're, they're coach. And guys, I, I want to say this. It is amazing to go to these places where there's not constant media attention for the high schools. They're so damn appreciative you showed up. Like, I had three different coaches like, hey, man, thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. The assistant athletic director comes over and he's talking to me. Like, it was like they were so grateful as to where in Texas they're like, cool, you're the 37th media guy coming to this game. Great, <laughs> yep. we'll see you there. Like, they, they couldn't give a crap. And I, I don't blame them. Like, that's not on them. I understand the coverage is just so different. But in Florida, I was the only media guy at two different high school games, and they couldn't have been more glad I was there taking pictures and shooting video and all that stuff. But um, So they walk over, and they're like, Lewis is going to play quarterback. And I was, like, editing some pictures. I'm trying to finish real fast. And so I, I jump up, and, like, literally the second I get my camera on him, he runs for, like, a 30-yard touchdown. Then they're just running basically wing T. Like, it was real straightforward. They're like, we're not going to be complicated here. We're just going to run the ball with Lewis. I think he had four carries for 83 yards on, you know, in the, in the start of the second half, and then they just kind of ran the clock after that. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that it wouldn't – you know, I kind of wonder if next year, uh, you, you know, maybe you see – Jaron Canick like gets big enough. Maybe he moves and plays linebacker next to Stutzman. Maybe you put a guy like Lewis Carter at Cheetah. I think he'd make a lot of sense there. There's a couple guys in the recruiting class, you know, Eric McCarty, Caleb Spencer. I could see a lot of guys filling that role and then kind of seeing what they grow into. We're kind of at the, at the midway point. I think for a lot of high schools, uh, they're kind of getting towards the end of the high school season uh, and getting ready for playoffs. Is there anybody within the 2023 class that, and maybe this is unfair to ask, but you thought, yeah, nice player. We'll, we'll see when he gets to Norman that now that we get halfway through or we're getting through an entire season where you go, holy shit, this guy might be somebody that we didn't really think that was uh, going to be a maybe impact guy immediately that maybe could be somebody that steps in as a freshman. You know, the guy that comes to mind is a guy that you and Bob saw. Cade McIntyre is having an unbelievable year. Every time he's he had six touchdowns last weekend. Every yep. time I watch that dude, he's doing something. You're just like, holy crap. I mean, I, it's Nebraska. I know he's not playing elite competition, but like I right. said earlier, he's dominating accordingly. Like yep. he is so clearly the best player in every game he plays. Um, the only other guy I would say and whose very different talent perspective as far as competition is Keon Brown. Um, he He's not ha – like, he started off really fast. He's kind of cooled down a little bit. But, man, when he makes a play, it's like a 75-yard spinning, tackle-breaking touchdown. Like, it's never easy. It's always incredibly impressive. And then you throw in that – I mean, we saw him in person, guys. He's huge. Yeah. So you talk about, you know, maybe – He's a guy that could come in and maybe fill a role for Oklahoma. I don't think he's going to be refined enough to really be ready to go um, from word one, especially 
Now, he will be enrolling early. That is the plan. So may, maybe he could surprise. But um, And really, that's the other thing that's crazy is how many guys are enrolling early. I mean, I, we've got it listed right now as 14 of Oklahoma's 22 commitments are expected to enroll early in January. So they are they're going to get there early, and I – I, I mean, they're, some of these guys are coming for jobs. That's just kind of – and I, I think that, you know, this isn't just an Oklahoma thing. I think just nationally, if you're not attempting uh, – in most schools, I understand. Like, there are some schools out there. I know you've been in this situation before where you just can't. You can't graduate early. They don't give you the, uh, the ability to do that. But it seems like for the most part, if you're going to play at a big-time program, you need to get in in January. You need to get in, and especially if you want to try to play as a freshman – you need to get in and learn the system, go through the, uh, you know, kind of the rigors of, of, of learning how to be a college student. Yep. And then you can get into your summer. And then obviously it's not that fresh start that you're looking for, uh, you know, if you were to be enrolling or just arriving in June. Oh, I mean, there's no question. I mean, you look at the guys that are, you know, that are, are making an impact now. I mean, Jaden Gibson came in early. Uh, Jake Taylor came in early. Gentry will, you know, like the only you, one oh, no, that Gentry is R Gentry is, uh, R Mason Thomas. That's the only person who's making an impact that who's didn't, just a didn't show up for the for mm -hmm. spring practice. And I guess I don't know like his situation, but maybe if they would have recruited him early enough, he might have been somebody that tried to graduate early. Although his high school is a Catholic school, and I know that there are some things that like you know you can't you. You, you just can't graduate early because of uh, some of the, I guess, stuff that you have to do just from a Catholic school standpoint. I, I don't even know what well, it's called. Well, and, and a lot of private schools, Eddie. Like, yeah, uh, sure. like I know Logan Howland. Logan Howland would come early if he could, but he's at the he's at that prep school, the Hun School, and they just they can't. Like, that's not the way the, the curriculum works. So um, you get a lot of situations like that. I know – a uh, good example is Danny Stutzman. Like he, uh, not not exactly an example of that, but Danny Stutzman is a situation not unlike. Um, oh, who was it this year? I'm trying to remember. Uh, but uh, we'll just use Danny because that's a a perfectly good one. Is Dan? Oh, uh, Heath Azida. He's the one that almost identical situations where they committed and then they started looking into it. And basically, if they would have committed about a week earlier and asked the questions, they could have gotten what they needed to done. But they just they committed in June and there wasn't time to make up some of the coursework they needed to. So, I mean, you get that sometimes where it's just the reality of life. You know, the, the, these things kind of happen. And Heath is a really good example because. He didn't know he was going to commit early because he didn't have an Oklahoma offer. But as soon as they were in, he was done. And then they started looking into it, and it just it wasn't possible for him. Yeah, and Josh, you're talking about maintaining the 2023 class. Let's see about adding. I think there's someone making an announcement Saturday, but I think we've sort of backed away from thinking Malachi Coleman's going to end up being with the uh, Sooners. So maybe touch on that and then – the two big official visits from last weekend with Caden McDonald and Tassili uh, Kana. Yeah, you know, Malachi Coleman, it just seems like, oh, you just went their separate ways. And, you know, I, I – it's an interesting – it's one of those conversations, like, that we talk about where, you know, Brent talked about, you know, recruiting your own problems. I'm not saying Malachi Coleman's a bad kid. That's not what I'm getting at. He, he ran into a few headaches. Um, you know, we talked about some of it back when you guys went up there. Um, and 
again, I, I think he's a fine kid. I don't think he's like a bad seed or anything. I think it was just a matter of, A, if if this kid's going to – I mean, are we going to put all this effort into a kid that may go to Nebraska regardless? And B, you know, what what is – does if we do get him, if we do surprise everybody – is it going to be a problem for us? So I, I think there was just some math there that was done. It kind of said, eh, you know, may, maybe that's not the route we want to go. Um, plus, like, I don't know about having the full monopoly of tight ends from the state of Nebraska. I don't know if that's something they, you know, Jason Llewellyn may have to leave the team if they go that route. I, I don't know what they're going to do. So, um, but yeah, the, the two official visitors, I, guys, I mean, you know, you talk about the team getting a shot of life when they needed it. Those guys, Tassilia Kana, uh, only becomes more important with the Colton Vosick situation. Um, but they've, they've, you know, people are kind of like, oh, they're making him a priority. He's never not been. He has been a guy that Brent Venables has been very active with. He's been a guy that OU has been very serious about since very early on. And um, I, from what I can gather, the visit went very well. I, I, I would feel fairly comfortable in saying, oh, you probably leads right now, but he has. He has more coming, um, so we'll have to see what happens, where that goes. And then with Caden McDonald, um, you're just talking about a guy that I think Oklahoma um, did everything they could have done. Like, th- there's just no other way to say that. They really, really um, impressed him. Uh, President Harris had some time with him, made him feel very at home. And then I think the biggest thing that he talked about is loving that Oklahoma is defensively led. I mean, he goes, really, the only school that I'm really looking at that has a defensive mind in the head man's seat, and that that means a lot to him. Like, you could, that was something he singled out when we were talking. I will say the uh, the photo shoots that they did with those guys, awesome. Those, those you were jackets impressed and by stuff. Those, yeah, yeah, like the, uh, the old school look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. The, the the old uh, polyester nylon, whatever yes, you want to call those. Yes, those are sick. Yeah. <laughs> I think my dad still has one. He has, like, the OG one. Hasn't, like, turned to oil or anything? He, get, he gets it cleaned every year. Really? Yeah, 100%. For real? Yeah. That's pretty serious. cool. Do you it's, get a pic of that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I can go by there and find it. It's a sick jacket. I think there was an Eddie Radosovich running around Will Rogers Elementary School in one of those at one time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, you're probably a little too old for starter jackets. I had a starter jacket. Did you have a starter jacket? I had a okay. starter yep. jacket. Same here. I think that's still in the uh, the closet. I don't know. Starter. When you were, you would have been a kid, though. 100%. Yeah. Elementary school, maybe yeah. bumping yeah. into like sixth grade, something like that. That's probably fetch a pretty penny these days. Yeah. No, they do. They do. <laughs> Like you know that I've hit rock bottom when I when I when you go spend over a thousand to, when I'm over at my parents' jacket. house digging through the closet. Who's a starter to sell jacket? Things that's that that'll that'll be what happened, and it might be if Oklahoma State doesn't cover this weekend. So we'll see. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And you're going up to the game? Uh, I don't know. I might go up to uh, participate in some 
extracurricular activities from tailgating scenes. I want to, if, if, you know, if there's one school in this state that allows people to tailgate, I want to be able to be a part of it. That, that's really disappointing that, uh, I understand where they're coming from, though. I, You're coming out of the pandemic, yeah. $100,000. This, this was 2017 when they made this deal. I mean, that's true. it was the first mm-hmm. time that's they true. shut it down. Yeah, that's true. They, when they were like, oh, we can't have Lindsay Street because the dorms are there. Oh, and we're pocketing $100,000 to open up private tailgating. I see it. And, and again, we've talked about this before. This is a university issue. This is not an athletic department issue. I, the way that I understand it, if the athletic I department I think they're really, lying to us. That it is the athletic department? I think the athletic department could push for that if they wanted if they really wanted yeah. to that, that's no, they probably no they have, but they have no but i don't think the motivation to do so when they're selling you know 700 dollars tailgating package and that's part of the problem is that they offer this you know this fake tailgating package and which by the people, way they don't even clean up until the next day people buy it though so like there is a like they're selling the it. people that actually come and, and set up their tailgates they're gone when you get when you leave the stadium. Yeah, 100%. like they get they get that stuff out of there. So don't tell me about but that's part of like it's the a selling. mess and you can't clean it up and other, like I'm sorry, but the the people with the private tailgates they weren't out there picking them up until like one. I was I came by the office. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. if they're saying that tailgating is a problem because people don't clean up after right. themselves, they're leaving all that shit anyways to yeah. get cleaned up the, the next the day. The private tailgating saying. thing. They didn't even start tearing those down till like 11 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. So don't give me that crap. Yeah, and it was an 11 a.m. game. It's not like it was a... Yeah, it was an 11 a.m. game. Yeah. I can see it was a 7 o'clock start, but it was an 11 a.m. game. Sure. They had all day to tear that down on Saturday, and they didn't do it. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I will keep beating this drum, you know, for forever. There's a lot of people within the university that I just feel are a little naive when you talk about is this school, is this program ready to make the move into the SEC? And I don't have like an outline of what needs to be done. I'm not saying that people need to be like, can barely walk to get into the stadium, although that wouldn't be a bad thing. But there's some people that need to open their eyes a little bit more as they get ready to make this move because it's going to be embarrassing when a Georgia or an Old Miss or Kentucky or Tennessee or whoever comes to Norman. I, you know, I, I got to the stadium a little bit, about an hour before the game. And, look, this is not a great comparison uh, because, you know, they're coming off of a three-game losing streak. But it was dead. Like, it was dead. It was dead, dead. dead. Like, yes. quiet. Like, no kind of, you know, no kind of atmosphere outside the, the food truck line. Some of them didn't even have people waiting in line for food. Yeah. It, I mean, it, and again, like I will say, and we said it on the postgame pod, Kerry, for an 11 a.m. game against Kansas, I thought the crowd was pretty good once everything got yeah. going. Yes. Like, no, and that was agreed. the good thing for recruiting, knowing all those recruits there. It was sure. like, yes, the corner of the, the, the northeast or northwest end zone was kind of empty, but it filled in. Like, as soon as the game started, everything filled in except for the very top of the student section. But, I mean, it was another sellout. You don't yeah. have to worry about that now. I mean, the streak will continue. No, and, like, I'm being, like, almost – I'm looking for things. You know, like, I'm looking for things to bitch about. But at the same time, there are things that I think can get much, much better. And I, I'll i give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that they will. I think that, you know, Thad and Brent and everybody a part of this program that is moving forward is going to have a vision for where they want to get to. And – uh, you know, I, I, I think the fans are ready in general. I think the fans are ready. It's just, there needs to be a little, 
a little bit more. It can be better. I just don't. I'm. I'm I don't believe the tailgating thing. I, I mean, and Joe has said to my face, it's not our, it's not our decision. Yeah. It's the university's decision. <laughs> yeah. Then let people tailgate. Like, it, yeah. why allow this to look like you're protecting your private tailgate industry? And, and, and even the, you, more took a, so, you, took, you took, you know, hush money and for $100,000. I'm not at the point either where it's like, I don't think that that should be on campus. Like, they're making a little bit of scratch off of it. Fine, yeah. You can have a separate area for that kind of stuff. And they do. You don't need to run a monopoly and saying, like, you can't basically tailgate. I know that they're not. There's other places. But it's not, not close many. to the stadium. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of places. It doesn't offer, like, I just, like, envision this idea if they're going to continue the Walk of Champions and stuff. That area could be awesome. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I grew up going to that area, and it was what I thought was badass. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't need to be this way. It, it truly doesn't. And it feels like they, and you know, I, I think that with a lot of things at Oklahoma, it feels like sometimes they go out of their way to say, Oh, we're not doing this when they actually are. If that yeah. makes sense. Well, and you know what, why not just start from Lindsay down Jenkins? Like just have a test program. Just, just let people tailgate on that side. It, right where the t- you know, right where the the buses pull yeah. in for tailgated champions. But I mean, for God forbid some some you know, whatever. I was going to use the women's soccer team, but you know, God forbid somebody on their on their recruiting trip sees you know somebody people smoking. Yeah, like uh, welcome to college. <laughs> it's kind of like the cussing thing that people always got onto us about. It's like, sorry, it's twenty twenty two. People talk differently. I know I talk differently <laughs> than others, but. That might be a bad example. You act like the cuss words weren't invented until like 2020. I, I think that people talk differently now than they did maybe 10 years ago. And just within conversation every day. Mm. I grew up with people cussing. Yeah, same here. Well, you guys grew up around a bunch of sinners is what you guys did. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt. There's more avenues to get it out. Pod, sure. podcast, so, yeah, that might be it. So social hold media. On. Hold on. Cussing is no longer a sin? Uh, well, I'd have to check with the archdiocese on that. I'm, uh, I'm not positive. Everything's going so well right now that, uh, you know, I'm just kind of keeping my head down. Uh, <laughs> we do have, uh, guess what? Josh is not going to like this, but basketball is on the horizon. You have big 12 media days going on. Bob, unfortunately did not get to hear Porter Moser because he's doing it during our podcast. Uh, when recording. we record next week, Bob, <laughs> we will have had an exhibition we'll game an as exhibition you apprise me of the situation. Yes. <laughs> Uh, next Tuesday against UCO, right? Against OCU. Or OCU. OCU. Yeah. See, I'm going to be there. I just don't know who they're <laughs> playing. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, looking at highlights, what Porter talked about, really the same stuff that we asked September 29th. Didn't think anything gr- groundbreaking was going to go down. And it's just, you know, it'd be nice if we could see a practice before the exhibition. Not not sure how that's going to work out. Just how Bamisil and Grant. Shurfield are working together, how quickly those freshmen are going to become prominent members of the rotation. I think on paper, like this team more than last year, but what does that mean in the grand scheme of things within the Big 12? Like, you could be better the next year, but the conference is better, so you're not, you don't make any uh, steps. But, yeah, so we'll we'll get the first, the only exhibition game next Tuesday night, and then they'll basically take almost two weeks off because they don't have their first game until Monday after Baylor weekend. Now, let me ask you, we're getting back to the four-game redshirt in football. What is is basketball going back to the way it was, or is it still 
wide open you can play and and transfer and all that. I mean, that was one thing that, that was interesting this week that came up. Josh, we were talking about that the other day. Like, you know, the transfer portal is now the day for 45 days after they announce the bowl matchups. Correct. And then there's another 15-day window from May 1st to May 15th uh, after spring practices are over. But if your coach gets fired, you have like a 30-day window to enter which, the portal? Which we've seen at Wisconsin here as of Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. They had one guy that like came out and said he was in the transfer portal, and uh, uh, Jim Leonard came out and was like, no, we, he's not part of the program. I think it was the <laughs> offensive lineman from uh, Michigan. Is like, yeah, yeah we the, kicked him off. There was a huge recruit for Wisconsin. He was like a yes. borderline five star, yes, kind of depending mm-hmm. on where you looked. But no, I mean, I, I, I think that's like that's just one of the things that kind of escaped me. But like, we're getting back to normal again, and they're getting some, getting their arms around this a little bit. I mean, next will be you know controlling nil a little bit more, maybe, but. Uh, like for basketball, is it still like well, so many percent of of the games? I mean, I still think it. But the thing that Porter stressed last year is like we're just not in a position where you can do that anymore. And I look at this year's class; he wants all those guys to be playing. And so I, I just like redshirting is just not going to be in the vocabulary. Like Jalen Hill is that rare four year from the same program mm-hmm. that just uh, it doesn't happen so why 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 would you save anyone because you know maybe two years down the road they're they're going to leave or if they're well, really good seen it with the guys they didn't play like they left like yeah. it's almost like if you're not playing these kids are going to go in the portal because they get frustrated with with nobody wants to red shirt exactly and you i mean you look at last year's you know how hard it was to try to keep Bijan Cortez, CJ Nolan's like, come on, guys, just stick with it. We're not giving up on you. We know it's rough. You knew it's gonna be rough going into this conference, but if you just give it one more year, we're like Alston Mason's like, you know what? We if we had to pick and choose, we'll take Bijan and CJ. And if Alston's got to go, then that's one of the things that we'll have to just have to have happen. All right. Um by the way, uh, uh, SoonerScoopStore.com, back open for business. Uh, well, we've been open, but now people are buying things again. Uh, we can actually say. Yeah, like, we can hey, actually like. <laughs> you want to buy a shirt? You want to buy a shirt? You want to buy a hat? You, wanna, you know, you want to buy a flag, a make Lindsay Street great again flag? It, it's a good time to do we it. We do have a couple of those left. Come swoop them. Yeah, we've got uh, some. Of the When they run out, they'll be gone. So uh, you want to make sure you get in on that. Uh, and we've got the T-shirts are fully stocked. Uh, I believe the the wagon shirt will be back in stock soon. I got to check with the lawyers one last time. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but dub, got a dub in court. <laughs> <laughs> we never had to go to court, but uh, it makes the it makes the story on. a lot yeah. better, though, doesn't it? <laughs> when we're talking about legal things, I don't want to <laughs> leave anything open for interpretation. That's fair. That's uh, fair. So anyway, yeah, but uh, support Eddie Radosevich. Go get your uh, Make Lindsay Street Great Again merch. Uh, he's done a great job of getting it out to people. So orders go out really fast when they come in. We got a good system going. So uh, anything else you guys want to hit on before we get out of here? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, we kind of hit on it earlier. How surprising was the Tennessee thing? I know that, Kerry, we sat here and watched oh. everything kind of unfold on Saturday evening. How good those games were flipping between that and 
Uh, and OSU, I guess we weren't even technically TCU, flipped, but we had both yep. of the games on, OSU, TCU, Tennessee, Alabama. It just, you know, Josh, what, what you had mentioned earlier about the Alabama comments coming out of Knoxville, it is kind of one of those, like, holy shit, like, this Alabama doesn't usually talk like that. They were shook a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, and guys, I, I don't know about you, but that is the kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I know, I guess all three of you were at the game in what 15 yep. um but that environment was incredible like that that was that was amazing to watch that that's you're like that's what college football that's what you want it to be sorry eddie and no, i that was conversing it was it, I, I don't know if you saw the uh like the four and a half minute it's just under five kind of a trailer that tennessee's football uh video staff put out if you watch that and you don't have a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of like, man, that's awesome, you might be a dead person. Like it, it is college football to a T of awesome. By the way, look who just placed an order in the Sooner Scoop store. Our advertising oh, is working. Very good. Very good. We're very already good. reaching people. <laughs> very good. I heard it, and I was like, oh, I got to get this in before we're I, done. I will send a personal hand note to that uh, Josh that McQuistion family. has just ordered four <laughs> Make Lindsay Street Great Again t-shirts for the entire family. We got it. I, we, we, will, we, we, will, we will have pictures of the girls oh trying to make God. Lindsay Street Great Again. We'll fast so. track that one. <laughs> this is how Josh is making uh, family Sundays uh, matter. Exactly. Bonding over dad. You got to uh, wear these all know. to the zoo when you go next time. Exact. Oh, exact. I mean, you know, we're well, we've got our you've got, got a family trip coming up for long. Now, where are those around Oklahoma? Jared uh, sent me photos of his trip to the zoo for Halloween with his daughter all dressed up and everything. She was a witch, and he was a vampire, and Martha was uh, I can't remember what Martha was. Anyway, you guys got Bob. You got plans like that? <sighs> we're going back and forth on so many ideas. We only have a week and a half to figure it out. So many that, is that we're what just, it is? I've it's never heard Bob that stressed out in my entire life. <laughs> that that did. Bob sounded very down like, about oh, that. Man. Halloween uh, beats down the Prisbillos. <laughs> Between we don't know if she's gonna go with the princess route, if she's gonna go like bluey, or she's gonna go like a gorilla. She loves gorillas right 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 now. I we have so many different options. We just have to pick one. Big animal phase. I hear yes, you. Yes, huge. Uh, I've got a vampire. And then I have a uh, Laney is going to be a vampire, and Layla is going to be a robot, which is the funniest costume I've ever seen. It, it's amazing. Um, and she like talks, she does the robot. I've been teaching her how to dance like a robot, and you know we Some we do scoop the, HD uh, content talk. there. I might, I might need to uh, you might need to bring them over to Allen on Saturday uh, Thursday. <laughs> it is it, it is truly outstanding. Um, but, uh, you know, now I will say now, Bob, do you get in on the, the, uh, outfits? Do you, do, are you made to dress up in costume? I would, I don't think cause Halloween's a Monday night and that's our inner, our interview stuff. Mm -hmm. mm, I think mm -hmm. I'm going to have to pass this year. Come on. I'll let you dress uh, up for interviews. Yes. I think say Bob, talk well, I would dress up for interview, but I wouldn't be able to trick or treat with Pearl because it's, we're going to oh, be there. Well, will you let me dress up? <laughs> It depends. Yes. We're going to have to. Whoa, whoa, hey. Whoa, whoa. You want to think that over. You don't know what he's going to go as. Oh, I, the content alone. I mean, as Brent and the OU security escorts him from the uh, 
the uh, complex will Maybe be, I dress up be like worth a it. Just have a camera on him. Put on a yellow shirt. A SoonerScoop.com <laughs> security guy was removed. One of the yellow shirts from from the game. What, like a uh, uh, one of the security guy guys? Yeah. No, I had a funny comment, but I will. You would have to believe <laughs> it, and I won't. Uh, Michelle Herman. See, I, now, no. I'll tell you after. Like I don't want it to get. I don't want to have to get it bleeped, and then it's just a big dut to dut. Everybody asks you everywhere you go what you said that got Yeah, bleeped. and then that'll eventually get me canceled, so I'm not going to say it. Good. I'm proud of you. And I would be stealing somebody else's idea, but I do think it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's a dead person, isn't it? Uh, no, but this person might have killed somebody. Oh God! It's not OJ. He was innocent. Yeah, we're not doing blackface. I'm I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Well, we haven't had it is this racist segment in a while, so that's exciting. We got back bought, brought back an old favorite. I did. I was I, eject, I, eject, eject. I was uh, <laughs> building our 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 light stuff in the pod studio, and it was from China. It had like Chinese writing on it. All of a sudden. And then I got a craving for Chinese food. I ate it that night, and I wondered if that's racist. Uh, no, I think I think a good Chinese buffet trip is well worth the time, even though it doesn't sound like this was a buffet situation. They used it to was, have a was, really good buffet here Panda. in Norman. What was the place over off of Robinson Crossing? Gosh. Yes, it's was over it? here now. It's but it was it wasn't a Panda Express. It was like no, a no, Panda, no, no, no. Panda, uh, Panda, Panda Golden, Garden. Pa- Panda Garden. That place you yep. could go in for like fifteen bucks. It's like all oh, you could it's eat. Still here. It's still here. It's still the same. Yeah, no, it's just it's on not 12. The same. It's not the same. So uh, it's a, it's nice. And there's another one on the other side of twelve, like Golden Dragon or something. It's really good too. Love that place. The guys, should you ever, you know, I don't know if you're gonna go down and cover Colton Vosick here at some point. Right near Austin Westlake is literally the best Chinese buffet I've ever had. I had it a couple of weeks ago. It was outstanding. I I don't ever get to have it. Tiffany won't eat buffet, so I I have to sneak it every once in a while. And that was that was my pregame meal that was unbelievably good. Like they had guys like making stuff right in front of you, but it was still like a buffet. It was it was crazy. That place out by the airport's really good. That's got Mongolian barbecue in it. The airport. Like Oklahoma big, City Airport? Yeah, right there on uh, Airport Road. On oh, the other I, don't, side. I don't know. I don't think I've it's ever really been there. It's really good. It's total buffet. Well, I'm starving now. <laughs> I am too. All right, that's going to end it. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back again next week uh, with more football to talk about. No uh, no Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast this weekend. Uh, so uh, we will be back. Thanks to Dead Soxy. Thanks to PrimeShrimp.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.